I am your host, Laura Kopeck, and today's episode is a discussion about the side of genetics impacting both long-term and day-to-day health, epigenetics. Health Matters with Laura Kopeck is an educational and entertainment podcast on what areas we should focus on in order to take charge of our own health. 23andMe has basically made words like DNA or genetics a household word, but there is so much yet to understand about genetics and how they impact our health and wellness. My fascination with nutrigenomics began over 10 years ago and continues to be a consistent part of how I teach individuals about the different influences over their health with a personalized nutrigenomic review. When we use the word DNA, we might be thinking about what part of the world our ancestry is located on. Or when we use the word gene, we might be thinking about whether or not there is heart disease or colon cancer in our family. But our DNA and genes can tell us so much more. We are really just beginning to scratch the surface. Yes, we can use our DNA to determine our ancestry. And yes, there are genetic changes in a person's chromosome that can cause differences in a person's makeup, such as Down syndrome, or genetic changes that can lead to diseases like Tack syndrome or Huntington's disease. But there are several other sides to our genes. And today we're going to talk about genes in a different context, that of nutrigenomics and epigenetics. Let's start with some basic vocabulary. Genes are a group or a cluster of DNA that groups together to perform specific functions. Science says we are a combination of nature, our genes, and nurture, our environment. But nurture is not just about our upbringing. Even when science talks about our environment, they are talking about our upbringing and our diet and lifestyle. And guess what else? the environment in utero, which is directly impacted by our mother's diet and lifestyle. And guess what else? The diet and lifestyle of previous generations, sometimes five generations or longer. This is all known as epigenetics. Epigenetics in a way has many meanings or can refer to multiple things. Epi means on or over in Greek, so the straight-up translation is on the gene. Scientifically speaking, epigenetics means changes in the genetic expression that do not affect DNA. But the mistake is to assume because something does not affect DNA that it's not affecting humans, human development, or a risk for illness and disease. I like to describe epigenetics as epi standing for the influencing factors that influence our genetic and cellular communication. So let's break this epigenetics into two parts. There is the epigenetic information we inherit from our parents and previous generations, and then there is the epigenetic effect of our current diet, lifestyle, and other factors, such as chemicals. Well, how in the world does this happen? Let's talk about a fascinating study involving pesticides and fungicides and their epigenetic impact on multiple generations. Again, epigenetic factors influence gene and gene activity outside of the DNA sequencing and coding, 
But this does not mean that it's not affecting significant changes in our genetic expression and the consequences can be long-term. This study was conducted in the 1990s to examine the reproductive consequences of a particular pesticide and a particular fungicide, whose names are in the transcript of today's episode, which you can access by clicking on the link in the podcast description. The initial conclusions were by chance, but revealed impaired function in sperm, testicles, and ovaries, and abnormal activity in germ cells in rats. Additional studies show similar impact with other chemicals on other life forms, such as pigs, fish, rodents, worms, and continue to show these consequences as much as five generations later. Because these epigenetic changes do not follow the typical genetic mutation that has not been as widely known or discussed in mainstream circles. But as the topic of genetics becomes the language of diagnostic medicine, pharmaceuticals, vaccines, preventative and functional medicine, it's time to have real and simple understanding of the impact of our diet and lifestyle habits, both for the future of our own health and those of future generations. Let's move on to one of my favorite studies in epigenetics. Some have referred to this study as the Dutch study on famine and obesity. Scientists studied individuals born during a famine in the mid 1940s, and they found those individuals whose mothers had less to eat, therefore less nutrients during the famine, during the latter part of their pregnancy, had changes in a gene called IGF2, which stands for insulin growth factor two protein. This gene gives certain instructions about making protein, including when and how much, and how well this gene turns on and off was drastically affected by the prenatal environment, again, meaning diet and lifestyle. And these changes in the genes are expected to be passed on to the next generation for more than six decades. Here's another way to think about this in a little bit more of a simple analogy. Our cells communicate. If the cells during famine believe they are not going to be given enough nourishment to survive, they might alter their code to live on less nutrients. But then when the nourishment is normal for the next generation, their cells do not respond to food the same way, hence an increased risk for obesity and diabetes. Changes to a mom's diet during pregnancy has been shown in other studies to impact minor things like the color of fur in mice to serious things like increased risk for high blood pressure or a decreased ability to fight infection. But is it a done deal once someone has an issue with a particular gene that increases risk for something like obesity or diabetes or high blood pressure What can be done once these epigenetic changes are passed on to the next generation? Well, if you know your risk for diabetes is higher than that of a person without the genetic influence, you can choose to make dietary changes to minimize your risk. You can choose to be more proactive in your prevention of those risk factors. This is one of the benefits of having a nutrigenomic genetic panel 
is to determine where you might optimize your diet and lifestyle to be your best version. There's a simple phrase we use in nutrition called, you are what you eat. And if we use this sentence in epigenetic terms, we are what we eat, what we put on our skin, how we sleep, and how we manage stress. To simplify, if part of our genes open and close to send information to our body, cellular communication, if you will, then we need to consider our environment, diet and lifestyle, as either a round peg into a round hole or a square peg into a round hole. Either there'll be a good match and we will have optimized the epigenetics of our day-to-day -day cellular communication, or there is not a good match. And let's face it, sometimes we are just not going to have a good match. But if we consistently ignore the cellular and genetic impact to the communication in our body by eating poorly and not placing importance on things like good sleep habits, then we may face consequences that were more in our control than we realized. It's super fun to have our ancestry genes tested and find out what percentage of our DNA comes from different parts of the world. But our discussion about genes needs to be bigger than that. And it begins with the impact to living organisms, including ourselves, based on what we do to those organisms. Some of our genetic changes are completely outside of our control, but we should talk about the ones that are within our control. This brings me to a term we should all know, and that is single nucleotide polymorphism, or SNP, otherwise known as a SNP. Sometimes this is also referred to as SNV for single nucleotide variant. These are not really mutations, although some of you may have heard them referred to as a mutation. These are epigenetic changes in our genes that are basically a variation or a permanent closure, so to speak. Now, some of these may have been inherited changes, but some can be acquired through our lives based on our diet and lifestyle and other environmental factors, such as age itself. What do these SNPs mean? Some increase risk for certain illness and disease, and some increase risk for nutrient imbalances, and those nutrient imbalances can lead to increased risk for other illness and disease. A lot of this research and assessment on these SNPs has not been around for very long, and we continue to see these studies evolve and grow. But in the meantime, knowing whether or not you have a particular variant can make a difference in your commitment to your diet, which might include supplements. In optimizing your own health and wellness, and in the education of health and wellness, we need to pay attention to these epigenetic changes and the epigenetic impacts to our health. But at the same time, we should not assume these genetic variations are the cause of many of our health issues. For example, let's take a look at a gene called VDR. This stands for vitamin D receptor. If there's a SNP on one or more of a person's vitamin D receptor, it might contribute in a small way to their decreased levels of vitamin D, but vitamin D absorption is not solely the responsibility of a vitamin D receptor. Our vitamin D levels 
are about how much vitamin D we consume and how well our body digests things like fats, which are important for a fat-soluble nutrient like vitamin D. Another example is when you look at a variation called MTHFR. This is one of the more popular SNPs. This one is often given the slang as MTHFR mutation. It stands for methyl tetrahydrofolate reductase, and it is an enzyme which assists in the conversion of folate to methylfolate. The knowledge around MTHFR has been extremely helpful for many, but also can be misunderstood as the sole reason why some individuals have certain imbalances in their health. Someone with MTHFR, whether a one-copy or a two-copy SNP, can struggle with food sensitivities, detoxification, or anxiety, or issues with noise. MTHFR may increase risk for heart disease, type 2 diabetes, thyroid imbalances, and more. But overall, MTHFR means someone might have more of an issue dealing with inflammation. And those who have more issues with inflammation have to watch how much inflammation they expose themselves to in the form of processed food, chemical ingredients, and not caring for their health and wellness. Some misunderstand their MTHFR as meaning things like they can't get anesthesia when they have major dental work, or they might do mega doses of methylfolate. All I can say is supplements have risk, especially in high doses. So work with a qualified practitioner or educator who can guide you to make proper decisions with regard to your genetic variations that impact diet and supplements. What is also important to understand is this, quote, increased risk for illness and disease associated with SNPs. So you have three persons. Person A has the genetic variant, which increases risk for type 2 diabetes, but eats healthy and exercises. They are minimizing their risk for the disease. Person B has the genetic variant and eats poorly. Well, they're aggravating their risk for type 2 diabetes. But person C has no genetic variant, but also eats poorly, struggles with obesity, and eventually comes down with type 2 diabetes. So we cannot look at increased risk associated with a genetic variant as a sure thing or a diagnosis. It is neither because of the significant impact our diet and lifestyle has on a number of our risk factors. I think it is important to know our risks, but it is more important to empower ourselves with knowledge on how to minimize our risks by optimizing our health and wellness plan. I am your host, Laura Kopek. And today's episode was a discussion about the side of genetics impacting both long-term and day-to-day -day health epigenetics. For a copy of today's episode, click on the link in the episode description. And for more information, go to my website at lauracopec.com. Thank you for listening and join us again for another episode of Health Matters with Laura Kopec.